Down floor, Haas. Haas to trailer Yo. Yo gives to TJ. Floats it to Yo. Oh, no! Yoli Childs with another one-hand alley-oop throwdown. I thought it was too far behind him. It's not too far for Yoli Childs. Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Yoli Oop. And Yoli for three? What did we learn about BYU basketball after last night's exhibition, and what does it mean? Sophomore Dalton Nixon joins us in studio. Is BYU Hoops ready for the season today? Don't forget about BYU football. Brian Billick of the NFL Network on the Cougars' chances at two straight wins and two-on-one with a guy named Ty Detmer. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday, November 2nd thus far, wherever and however you're dialed in. It is great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with World Series marriage proposal organizer, Jerem Jordan. Now, I don't think proposing after a big game like that is ideal. Because it takes away from the team celebration. Carlos Correa. It takes away from it. It should be about the Astros instead it's about Carlos Correa. Now. Carlos Correa of the <laughs> Astros proposed to his longtime girlfriend, Miss Texas USA, following the Astros' initial celebration. Yeah, it's awesome. I just think, can you, could, can you do it tomorrow? <laughs> like, I just, I just think there's, a, there's an element of selfishness there. That's not intended, but is actual. I think it was from his teammates that said, bro, you need to no, propose no, it if was, you win the World Series. It was thought of a few days before. After game five, he talked to somebody. Was he it. going to propose to her if they lost? I don't know. Probably no, not, right? No. Yeah, I just think you can wait. Although it is a great moment. But then it t- here's my issue with it. I want it to be about Houston. All of a sudden, it's about Carlos Correa. You know what I mean? Because there's so many great stories there. And congratulations to the Astros. A fellow AL West Member First ever World yeah. Series championship for Houston. Obviously, the storyline of Hurricane Harvey and the devastation there and this being something of hope for that city is great. great. It's fantastic. And there's the other side. The Dodgers have been waiting since 88 to uh, get back to the series and win it, and they lost at home, and that stinks. Guess what? The Dodgers will be back. Yeah. They are loaded, and they will retain a lot of that roster. That's what we thought about the Cubbies this year, too. So we'll see how it plays out. It's not as easy in baseball to get back. Okay, so it's easier in basketball. I'll tell you that. You didn't like Ian Johnson's marriage proposal after not as much the Fiesta no, Bowl no. either for Boise State in two thousand seven. No, no, I like I get it. I just think <laughs> you take away from the team element there. Yeah. Hey, everyone's celebrating, and now Carlos is still on the show. <laughs> now, does everybody remember like, that more it, than the actual World Series celebration? A little bit, yeah. Like <laughs> people are talking about Carlos Correa quite a bit. You know, yeah. No, I. It's fine. It's fine. I just think there's a better time for it. Listen, while a few of you may have been watching the World Series, there were some other things happening last night, okay? So let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. I don't know who would have missed this, but BYU basketball defeated Westminster College at home last night, 76-62 in an exhibition matchup live on BYU TV. Yoli Childs led all scorers with 25 points and a game-high 14 rebounds. In 24 minutes of play, that's pretty good. BYU hosts Colorado College in their final exhibition game of the season next Wednesday. 
We're two days out from BYU football at Fresno State. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9.30 Eastern, Saturday night. Tanner Mangum, what do you think of the top 20 Fresno State defense? The front seven is going to be a test for us. It's going to be a good challenge. Um, you know, so uh, definitely got to be able to, you know, take Saturday and then build from there. You know, not, not be content with just getting a win, but now we've got to step it up even more. We also talked to Ty Detmer yesterday, our two-on-one conversation coming up with the birthday boy from Monday. The 50-year-old man, the Heisman Trophy winner in OC. Ty Detmer coming up. Loaded guest lineup today, for sure, including Brian Billick, Ty Detmer, Yoli Childs, our walk-off interview with him, and Dalton Nixon of BYU Basketball. 10th-ranked BYU women's volleyball with a ball night hosting Pacific in the Smith Fieldhouse tonight. Fans encouraged to wear pink to support breast cancer awareness. You can watch that game live on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. And Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair tee off today in the Shriners Hospital for Children's uh, Open in Las Vegas today on the PGA Tour. Summerhays on the course, currently two under, tied for second through the seventh hole. Nicely done. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yo Lee for three and much more. Yoli Childs had a double-double essentially 10 minutes into last night's game. Finished with the 25 points and 14 rebounds we already referenced. A couple of blocks, two assists. And yes, I know it's Westminster College. But he had 17 points and 19 rebounds on the road against New Mexico. He's had a great summer. Uh, He's just spent so much time working on his game and trying to find his comfort level out here. And uh, I think that uh, in the two exhibition games and the the Cougar tip-off, you see a guy who's really prepared. The head basketball coach on Yoli Childs. And clearly, Jerem, his message in Yoli's yearbook last year was hags. Hags. Can we play the first part of that again? He's had a great summer. Have a great summer. (laughs) Hags for Yoli Childs, which is great. He he is playing. Thank you. Go, banana. Yoli Childs is crushing it. Like He's having a fantastic exhibition season. A couple days ago, you said he's the best player in the West Coast Conference right now, which I'm like, he can become that. He is showing us that he has made the leap. We saw a few practices from BYU basketball this summer. He stuck out like a sore thumb, man. He, he was dunking everything. He's dunking everything. This alley-oop connection between TJ Haas, so fun. when he gets into the lane, lobbing it up. I, I uh, tweeted out a, a still frame of where the ball was. It was it was off the backboard. Like, it wasn't touching the backboard. I mean, it was left of the backboard. Your only child had to grab that thing and, like, five feet throw it down. He's in, an incredible athlete, increased in vertical. He's playing good ball. He's being super efficient, which brings us to our stat of the day. Yeah. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Two exhibition games. Your only child's shooting 78% from the field. <laughs> That's not going to hold up. But 18 of 23. Four or five from the uh, stride, by the way. Two of two from three. He did that last night. We told you that he can shoot threes now if you watch the Cougar tip-off. And this is true. We need more volume, but hey, last year that light was uh, pretty red for him. Uh, now it's green, as it is for anyone that's open. So he's, he's playing well early on, which is great. He's the youngest guy on the team, which is weird. There's only one freshman. Rylan Bergerson went to a prep school after high school. So your boy, Yoli Child, he's is younger. the youngest player on BYU's basketball team. Oh, he's so bouncy. And I love it so much. And going back to why I think he's the best player in the West Coast Conference, the ceiling is a factor into that, right? He's already a good player, 
like what he can become by the end of the season. Two is, separate convos to me, by the is way. Is why I am drafting him number one if there were a West Coast Conference basketball draft. You're projecting quite a bit with that, which I anticipate that Yoli Childs will be one of the best players in the league as well. I'm not so re- the coaches. I'm not ready to anoint him number one quite yet, um, but I think he can be he can be good. It's hard for me to say the single digit point score is the best player, but he's playing like he can be. He a was player playing behind Eric candidate. Mika last year. Yeah, Eric Mika is no longer there. He's the guy. And you said that like make... Dave Rose. These guys. These guys. Yeah, and he's he, going to make the difference. Like These guys. I spoke with Yoli right after the game on BYU TV last night. I'd like you all to enjoy that conversation right now. Well, Yoli was just dancing, so that gives you an idea of how he's feeling right now. And they just called you a deep ball threat, Yoli. Are you okay with that? I appreciate that. No, I've just been uh, <laughs> working on expanding my game, and uh, I just kind of let it come to me. Both the threes I took today were wide, wide open, and uh, I, I got to be a threat from there to, to stretch the floor and help our team out. Now, I know you shot a few threes in high school, and you shot 50% at Bingham High School. So is this really that much of a change for you in your mind? Not really. I mean, I, just, I have more confidence in there this year. Uh, I've put in the reps, and uh, the coaching staff's giving me a lot of confidence. My teammates give me a lot of confidence in practice. I take a three, and I miss it. It's, it's good shot. Yo, good shot. Shoot that again. So it's just my teammates and my coaches giving me confidence. What was the best thing you saw from your team tonight? Uh, first half defensively. Second half, we're going to have to talk about in the locker room right now. But uh, <laughs> the first half, we had a stretch where we held them scoreless for like eight minutes. And uh, by the end of the year, that's, that's the team that we need to be for 40 minutes out on the court. So uh, I was impressed with the, the defensive intensity for that period. We just need to make sure that we can do it for a whole game. The alley-oop counter was at two tonight. Uh, would you like to see that go up? Hey, that's, how, that's how it goes. I come on the first ones. They let me have them. And then we get wide open threes in the corners. And, a wide open three for my teammate feels just as good as it done for me. Yoli, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. How do you not like that guy? I mean, he listens to what you say, he answers huh? the questions, and then he delivers what? on the floor. Which takes us to today's Twitter question. Perhaps it centers around Yoli Childs. What have you learned about this BYU Hoops team through three exhibition games, including the Cougar tip-off, New Mexico, now Westminster? Use hashtag BYUSN. At Twig Your Stone. Looks good so far. Able to pull out a close win on a semi-hostile court. Would still like to see more contributions from the bench. What did we learn last night? We already know that Yoli Childs is the guy. The guy. These guys. Good basketball player (laughs) to lead BYU. But what about Elijah Bryant, who was quietly putting up 17 points last night in an efficient Shooting performance. Yeah, he's playing well. So my number one takeaway is that Yoli Childs is the best player. Yes, has. clearly. I already felt that way after watching the practice. During yep. The, summer. the other thing is that, uh, yeah, TJ Haas is a, can be a good two guard with Joshir Hardnett at the one. Also, uh, the Nick Emery situation off the court seems to be boiling or uh, flowing on the court. He was sick last night. We saw him for like 18 minutes against New Mexico. Um yeah, the, the Nick Emery situation is is an interesting one. I hope that everything works out the way it needs to work out and that Nick you know, can do what he needs to do. So we'll see that how that plays out. But him not being on the court has affected the guard line a little bit. It's a wait-and-see approach with Nick Emery because BYU basketball collectively are being responsible. You have to prepare to not have him on the floor for who knows how long. To not prepare for a situation like that would be highly irregular and irresponsible, and the coaches are going to prepare their team to play without him, whatever the NCAA decides. So you're right. It is an interesting situation. Meanwhile, Jashir Hardnett, 
who was not happy with himself, per se, about his performance last night. But his on-ball defense, which largely doesn't show up on the stat sheet, is something that BYU hasn't had in quite a while. He's just really physical and doesn't get fouls called on him. Like It's hard to do that in today's game of basketball. Can you play linebacker? <laughs> that's it's a good question. Get him a linebacker. It's a good question. I'd say he's too short, but then I'm like, no, he's not. I think he's six feet. He's tall, six right? feet tall. Yeah, yeah, he could probably do it. Butch Paul was like, no, he's tall. Well, what do we expect now from the guard line? You bring up a good question with T.J. Haas, Elijah Bryant, Jashir Hardnett, and Nick about- Emery. Unless he's, we haven't been told he's not playing, so he's included there, right? And what about the guys behind those four? Ryland Bergerson got some time last night, so yeah. It's good, but I actually agree with Twiggy or Stone. Would like to see some more contributions from the bench. Right, and it's early, and we need to see quality competition. We're not going to see that for a few weeks. Zach Selyus found the range from three a couple of times last night. I want to see him shooting more. <sighs> he's ready to shoot, Jack. Yeah, he, he's better in a uh, catch-and-shoot situation. He'll be ready for the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Countdown to the Delta Devils. Nine days away. Single digits. Let's go. Mississippi Valley State. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What have you learned about this BYU basketball team through three exhibition games? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. Yoli is no child. He is a beast. Better team defense, better team offense. Luke has improved. Let's play like this in season now. Coming up, we share a B-Day. Ty Detmer, two-on-one, coming up. And Brian Billick of the NFL Network joins us. What does the Super Bowl champion coach think of Fred Warner's NFL value? We'll ask him. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I promise no marriage proposals. During today's live broadcast. I don't think we can promise that. Who knows, man? Especially at Brigham. At Brigham? This is no BYU-Idaho, though. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9.30 Eastern Saturday as we get you ready from Fresno and Provo. Spencer will be at Bulldog Stadium. You know what's crazy? You say 9.30, and I'm like, with how the, the variation in the schedule this year, that could be in the morning or in the evening, such as TV for football, right? True. Saturday night, thankfully. What have you learned about this BYU basketball team through three exhibition games is our Twitter question today at Mel Reed and Wright that I should include Yoli in my prayers when I'm counting blessings. There you go. <laughs> One way of thinking about it, I guess. Oh, whatever makes you happy, right? Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is friend of the program, Super Bowl champion coach, BYU football alumnus, and NFL Network contributor Brian Billick. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are we doing today? Great, because BYU got a win, and hey, we are ecstatic won. to discuss a win with you. How does this change a team the next week after that lengthy seven-game losing streak? Well, you just everything's a little bit better this week. You know, your meals taste a little bit better. The sun's a little bit brighter. I mean, it shouldn't be that way. But uh, it is amazing. I know it's just one win, and it's very easy to dismiss it. Uh, but you can't, particularly when you're having the season that BYU is having. Uh, the entire building just just feels better. So it doesn't. It's, so you're saying, even though it was San Jose State and it was a one and seven team, and BYU was one and seven, take for what it was and uh, move on at this point. 
Absolutely. I, even if even if you're a team that's seven and zero, oh, um, you if you take wins lightly, if you dismiss them, yeah, maybe you know if you're one of those teams and and you're playing a team that has been struggling and it's easy to dismiss that as a win. But boy, you do that. You only play so many of these games. And so when you're a team that's going through what BYU is going through right now, you certainly aren't going to diminish a win. I don't care who it's against. You don't have the right to not feel good about a win when you're having that kind of a season. Fresno State is up next for BYU at five and three. They have two shutouts and a game that ended within three points. Now, or excuse me, just three points allowed, rather. Top 20 defense in points and yards, but then they go and lose to UNLV, which is a huge head-scratcher. What do you think of BYU's matchup with Fresno State? Well, uh, yeah, it's like in the NFL right now. You, you, from week to week, you really don't know. I don't know that anybody is dominant enough to, to, to uh, just assume that you're or be surprised anytime that you struggle. Fresno State, you know, it's a storied program. It's a strong program. That's a tough place to play, too. The crowd is into it. Uh, this is going to be a tough battle for BYU. Coming off a win, obviously, they can feel better about themselves. But facing that kind of defense, clearly offensively, uh, it's nice to have gotten what they did against San Jose State. But uh, they certainly can't fall back into that, not converting on third down, not generating big plays, and think they're going to come away with a win uh, against the Bulldogs. You're always a 15-point dog. Did lines ever motivate your team in any way, or was that completely ignored? Well, you, you, you ignore it when you're the favorite, you know, <laughs> but when you're the underdog, because, you know, these people are putting their money where their mouth is. So you kind of go, well, what do they know that I don't know? You know, why, why, why is it at 15 points? Because um, at the end of the day, it's amazing. I, I will tell you that when I was coaching in the NFL, there were a lot of times I would go to the gambling sites to look at their stats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Simply because they were more reliable, and you knew that it was, you know, you know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is this percentage throwing to the left past 15 yards compared to the right on grass versus turf. I mean, those things are real, and, yeah. and the analytics are what they are. Now you can only go so far. Uh, we learned that in the in the uh, uh, in, uh, in the game last night in the, in the uh, for the for the uh, the baseball because the analytics always go where they keep talking about that the managers for Houston kind of ignored some of the analytics in the world, in the world series and said, you know what, I'm going to go with what I see more than what my analytics say right now. So sometimes you got to put it, you know, you take that with a grain of salt. It's their job to know. So I don't fault you for going to uh, those websites, coach. So those guys know some stuff. Uh, let's continue with the BYU in the NFL theme. Now, if you were redrafting any BYU guy that is currently on an NFL roster right now, who would you take with your first pick? Yeah, interesting. You know, and, and for a, or a, a team and a, and a school that has the history offensively that BYU does, all their top players in the NFL right now are on the defensive side. When you talk about Van Noy and Ziggy Anza and Sorensen, it's, it's kind of interesting that it would go that way. Right now, uh, Ziggy Ants is probably playing as well as anybody in the league. Ben O, I know, is I think he's leading the, the Patriots in tackles. But Ziggy Ants and that presence on the outside, uh, the maturity that he's had, he's probably having as good a season as anybody from the Y this year. Uh, and, and even though Detroit has struggled a little bit, he's been a real bright spot for them on the defensive side. Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Because it's starting to get interesting, approaching the midway point of the regular season. 
Yeah, we, I think we talked about it last time. You get into the you know, first quarter of the season, you're kind of seeing who you are and what's going on. It's like the first quarter of a game. In the second quarter of the game, like the second quarter of the season, uh, okay, you are who you are. We kind of know what their blitz packages are and what are your personnel and formation packages and how do you go about things. So now we're getting into, okay, like our, our my, my mentor Denny Green said, you are what your record says you are. And you are who you are. So so now it's what are our strengths? What can we push for our strengths? How can we offset the uh, the negatives or the places where we're not as strong? And right now everybody has some weaknesses. We've seen that. Where it started out, Kansas City looked like they were unbeatable. They're back on a winning stint, but they had a little bit of a tough go right there. I think Philadelphia right now is probably as good as any team in the league. Carson Wentz is playing out of his head. He's on pace for 38 touchdowns, single-digit interceptions. Uh, they're running the ball very solid. Just picked up Jay Ajayi from from uh, from uh, uh, Miami. Or, uh, uh, Miami. And then uh, you look at defensively, and they kind of get forgotten about defensively because of all the things Carson Wentz is doing. But defensively, they're pretty darn good. They're very high on third down conversions and very good in the red zone. They put pressure on you. So they're probably as complete a team as we see right now. Pittsburgh, you always want to go with, but they'll go schizophrenic on you at some point. And you talk about <laughs> scratching your head after a loss. They could up and lose to someone. You go, how does that happen? But right now, uh, if they can stay on track with all the weapons offensively, that defense, uh, uh, particularly with uh, T.J. Watt and uh, Bud Dupree coming off the edges, they're about as complete a team as well, particularly in the AFC as we've seen. Hey, fly, Eagles, fly for now. And let's talk about BYU players right now that are hoping to get into the NFL, led by Fred Warner. What kind of NFL draft stock and potential does Fred have? Well, uh, I, you know, I checked with a couple of personnel people around the league. I knew we were going to talk about this this week uh, to see where he is rated. And it, it changes between now and obviously between the combine and all the personal workouts. It can change dramatically. Right now, most people have him as a mid-round pick, which means you're talking late three, maybe into the fourth round. Um, um, obviously, with when you, you when you look at the success of some of the people we talked about, Ziggy Ansah, Vanoy, uh, Sorensen, uh, there's a good pedigree there. Uh, I think this is a good balanced player, I think is the way he's viewed at. I don't know that they're looking at any one particular thing that pushes him up to higher rounds than that, but a good solid player that would be a good, good pickup in the late third, maybe in the fourth round. Brian Billick, NFL Super Bowl champion coach and NFL Network contributor with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, what's your uh, next week like with responsibilities on air and whatnot? Well, we just did our uh, NFL playbook uh, on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock on the NFL Network. That's 6 o'clock Eastern. Today I'll do what they call a TNF first look, getting ready for the Thursday night game. We're on from from 3 to 5 on the East Coast time. Uh, We'll talk about, obviously, the matchup with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, tonight with the New York Jets. A couple good games on tack. Number one game, obviously, is Kansas City and Dallas. Everybody wants to see how Dallas is going to do if, indeed, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't play. I think a big game a lot of people aren't paying attention to just because the consequences are going to be uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. They mm. both kind of look like they may end up in that AFC wild card division. Uh, if you're not going to win the division, you're, you're competing outside of division, and the head-to-head becomes so important. So I think this could be a big, big game. Great stuff, Coach. Uh, we look forward to it. Nobody circles the wagon, speaking of the Bills tonight. And, like the uh, Buffalo Bills. Like the Bills. Buffalo Bills and like Coach Brian Billick with us on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for the time, as always. You got it, guys. All right. Fred Warner.
as a mid-round pick as we finish yeah. up with Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Third to fifth round. I I'll take that, right? I'll take a draft pick. Let's and go. that's he's the only guy that's draft potential to me. Hot take. It's not, that, only it's not, it's not that hot. Yeah. The only guy on BYU's team right now. Coming up, Don Nixon is in the studio. How ready is BYU for the season opener in nine days? And we go two-on-one with the Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer. How confident is he right now as an offensive coordinator? We ask him. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, my friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast nationally on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And tonight uh, we're live with women's volleyball, who's ranked 10th in the country. They play University of the Pacific tonight. 9 Eastern Time, BYU TV, BYU Radio. Shout out to Zach Bayrudi. Yes. <laughs> and the Stockton Ports. Last night, the NCAA revealed uh, the top 10 teams. The selection committee did. BYU not in the top 10 right now. So they're ranked 10. That's different than selection committee stuff. So BYU somewhere, uh, you know, in a, in a three seed on position, it looks like. It is the where Maybe pink. two. Yeah. No, no, sorry. Three, three seed on. Yeah. It is the wear pink game. Tonight, uh, so if you are local and you are wanting to go to the Smithfield House, wear pink to support breast cancer awareness. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. BYU basketball beat Westminster by 14 last night, 76-62 at the Marriott Center. Second exhibition game of the season. Yoli Childs led the way with 25 points and 14 rebounds in that win. BYU football travels to face Fresno State on Saturday. Coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern time with countdown to kickoff right here on BYU TV. Cougars are looking for their second straight win. They haven't done that yet this year. Both Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair in action today on the PGA Tour at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Summerhays currently one under through eighth, the eighth hole, and tied for 10th place. Ty Detmer was kind enough to speak with Jeremy and myself yesterday, two-on-one BYU football all-access. We got to ask him questions like, how confident are you as the offensive coordinator right now, and what in the world do you do with your offense if K.J. Hall can't play? Because that's up in the air. Here we go, two-on-one with the Heisman Trophy winner. Ty, when I walked in the room, you pointed out how much you love my pants. So why don't you tell everybody Something like that. about how awesome these royal blue pants are I actually a friend of mine gave me a pair of those pants and uh i have yet to wear them so <laughs> i'm a little more conservative i think yeah. than uh, you guys might be Listen, i never would have guessed that if you beat fresno state will you wear them next week i will i'll wear them to the next home game how about that so you mess you mess i'll put them on let's go I'll wear them do the cougar walk in them yeah see what happens okay now ty and i share a lot in common um you know musculature uh is that a word yeah it is now uh you know smarts uh acumen and all kinds of things we also share a birthday we also share a birthday which so, is so really ha- about so happy birthday share. yeah thanks how yeah. old are you now uh i'm 34 34 all right got a little ways to go so. <laughs> and you are 50 the big 50. 50 yeah. i know it sounds so old now 50 i have to tell people i'm 50 years old <laughs> what did you do to celebrate your birthday we uh, got a bunch of the staff together and just uh, had a good time. Actually, Johnny Biscuit, Johnny B, came down and put a little show on for us that night, which was really nice of him to do because 
he was the guy that did the Tisman rap, you know. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. he used to have a, a comedy club downtown, and we were down there and, and had everybody together and had a fun night. They modified the Tisman rap for your 50th birthday? They did not modify it. <laughs> Luckily. Oh, yes, that's, that one needs to be archived. <laughs> well, thankfully, you got to celebrate your birthday following a win against San Jose State. Uh, what can one win do to make a difference for a football team? Well, I think, you know, it's energized guys this week a little bit. We, our guys have always had a good attitude and come out ready to practice again on Tuesdays. And, and uh, you know, Monday's a little hard at times because you're having to relive the game, watch the film. Um, but Tuesdays have always been pretty good. But, I, you know, you feel a little more confidence, hopefully not overconfident now like we've actually done something. But, um, you know, a win can energize and, and give – individual players a lot of confidence too and and just a better feeling for the weekend and a little more upbeat all week so hopefully that carries over to to Saturday and and also that you know we still got to put work in and we still got to go play and a lot more work to be done. Did I see you were Dwight Schrute last night? Were you Dwight or Creed? I was actually Creed. Creed. Um, Tanner was supposed to be Dwight and failed to make an appearance so (laughs) It kind of was like we were the office staff, the staff from the office, but minus like eight of them. There was three of us, so we're all like, are you a bishopric or what are you, you know? so I saw you and thought Ty didn't dress up, so I didn't get it without the context of the other people. Well, I got accused of being Tom Homo because I was in a shirt and tie or in the bishopric or stake president. I mean, it was all those. I'm like, it's hard to be Creed without yeah. Dwight and yeah. Michael and all those guys. So Wait, so who was who? Well, Joe Critchlow was Toby. Yes, and, and he was great. And Cody Wilstead was Jim. Mm-hmm. And then Bowen Coy had class, so they were supposed to be Michael and uh, Nard Dog, uh, Andy. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Dwight was Tanner. And so there we are with people that people really don't know from the office. Yes. Creed and Toby yeah. and Jim. Yeah. I was the creepy old guy got voted <laughs> in as Creed. So, yes. <laughs> That's perfect. You've got the mung beans hidden in your desk. The, the yes, beans that, that smell, smell like, like death. death. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This this season um, has been full of interesting moments, like the office, I guess. There's a time. Um, with injuries and youth, and you're trying to execute. What changed Saturday for the office? Well, we had you know a little consistency. We got KJ back, who's kind of a dynamic guy in the run and pass game. So you know when you're able to to drop back and and call a shot play and it's not there your quarterback feels comfortable to check it down and know you can still get yards and uh you know not that the other guys can't do that but kj just really has a knack for being good in space and so um and then we were able to to take some of those shots and tanner pulled the trigger and then the receivers made the play downfield so um it was you know a good combination of of execution guys gaining confidence as we went along feeling comfortable to to take those shots and then to make them when they're there. So, it you know, as coaches, we've seen it kind of building and coming with Aleva having some big games and Micah doing some good things and Bushman, and, and these pieces are starting to come together and more time together, more confidence, uh, kind of breeds success. So it's it's been coming. We just got to keep building on that, and like I said, not be overconfident from one game and go in and, and stay Stay the course, keep working, and uh, then trusting in each other that every guy will do their job. How is your confidence right now as the offensive coordinator? 
it's uh, it's good. I mean, it, you know, you feel comfortable going in each week. Our offensive lines played great, and that that helped Saturday. We didn't give up a sack. We had good time to let things develop, and uh, and so you know, as a coordinator, I mean, I, you're always going to be optimistic going into every game. That's just the nature of, of what we do, and and uh, the confidence you feel going in every week with the game plan. So when when we're making good decisions at the quarterback position, and guys are going up and making catches with an arm in there or, or something like that, you feel you feel better about going ahead and trusting to call more of those things and to, to open up the offense a little bit more. So um, then you go through practice, and we haven't had the best practice the last couple of days, um, and then it makes you rethink everything that you thought you <laughs> could do. And yeah, so yeah. every week's a new week, though. I mean, we'll see a really good defense this week, um, and so we know we got to be sharper and, and – be even better because we still left plays on the field that could have been made and, and and been bigger plays for us. Are you saying the last couple of days weren't what you wanted from practice? Well, it's it's kind of that way. Tuesday's always that way because you introduce some new wrinkles and, and it takes a little time. And then today, you know, we Wednesday's kind of a blitz day where you throw a lot at the, the offensive line and the backs. And, and so it's never really clean. Thursday, hopefully tomorrow, everything usually gels together and you feel pretty good going into the game. So hopefully that's the case. With Fresno State, generally when I look at a team, I throw out the high and the low, and they're probably everything else. The low is losing UNLV last week. It's like, oh, they're, they're definitely beatable. The high is, you know, holding San Diego State to three points. So what do you think of Fresno State? And New Mexico, to, you know, I think they might have shut, shut out, out New Mexico. So... Um, they've played really good defense, especially against run teams. And uh, so we're, we know we got to be balanced. We're going to have to throw it to win and, and make some plays in the pass game. So um, they've played some really good opponents, too, like Washington and Alabama, as we have. So um, there's, you know, there's some continuity in there with us and San Jose State um, that we've both played them. And, and uh, I think they're, they're a good, solid team that is playing really hard. They're explosive on offense. They can, you know, get after you a little bit and score some points. And defensively, they have been really good against the run. So we know we got to come out and, and uh, give them a little bit of everything and make them think and just have to play the whole field. If K.J. Hall can't play for you, what happens to change your offense? Uh, we won't change a lot. You know, we've got, uh, you know, Austin and, and Squally and Riley and, and uh, Braden that, you know, will mix in. And, and you've got to trust those guys that they'll be able to go in and make some plays as well. So we won't change a whole lot. It'll, you know, we second half of last week didn't change for us a, a whole lot. We went in, Squally, you know, scored a touchdown. And, and uh, we continued to move the football and do those things. So, you know, a guy goes down, you, you Hope that the other guy's ready to go and, and fill in, and they've all gotten some reps here in practice, and so they'll understand the game plan and what's expected. Did the Bradenell backer hit on special teams do something <laughs> for this entire team? No question. I think, uh, you know, especially early in a game like that, and to recover the fumble and get us field position right, a, right away, uh, and then to put another 14 on the board just kind of, you know, it shocks them, and then it, it kind of really jump-starts us and, and gets everybody going and into the game. So those are the kind of plays you love to have as a team because it can ignite things and, and get the party started a little bit. Was he demanding the ball when he came off the field? No, but a lot of guys were demanding he get a scholarship. Uh, <laughs> I was hearing that in the huddle trying to call a play. I'm like, focus in, let's score here. Um, but, he's you know, he's a guy that just – loves to play the game and the guys love to play around him because he's he just brings 
passion and pride to every snap that he takes. I can't think of a better 50th birthday present than a win over a solid Fresno State team. There you go. So maybe we should do that. Give you the karma time. Yeah, we'll give you the karma. Yeah, because yeah. technically San Jose State was before my birthday. Right. So this would be a better one to, yeah. to get another one two in a row. That was the really early good. birthday party. Now this is the actual birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All so right. We'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Thanks, Ty. <laughs> Thank you. Ty Detmer, two-on-one BYU football all-access with the BYU offensive coordinator. Johnny Biscuit. Give him a scholarship. That's funny. <laughs> right after the hit. Yeah, that hit alone deserves a scholarship. <laughs> it really does. It's amazing. Change the game. Maybe change the tone of the season. Who knows? We'll see what happens. No, seriously. I talked about it. There was an injection of energy. Everyone's hopping around. That was awesome. Coming up, Cougars in the PJ in Las Vegas. We'll give you the latest. I want to play golf in Las Vegas. Also, Dalton Nixon joins us in studio following his second exhibition win on the basketball floor. I heard the following about him last night on Twitter. He's cut, man. He is cut. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. My name is Spencer Linton, sitting alongside the one and only Jerem Jordan. We are live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily broadcast weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And Countdown to Kickoff is live Saturday night, 9.30 Eastern time. You get you set for BYU and Fresno State. Big game for the Cougars, uh, you know, hanging on to a, a thread of and a shred of uh, bull hope if BYU wins out. All the 6-6 six and six teams get taken up. They got a shot. Uh, Fresno State lost to UNLV. That means they're beatable. So let's see this happen. 9.30 Eastern, countdown to kick off Saturday. Bull hopes on the line. Yeah, BYU would have to win out. If In BYU Fresno. beats Fresno State, they have a legit shot to finish. <laughs> In a bull position. Fresno State's the best last team on the schedule. I love that Greg Rebell, in character with Kalani Satake, just said, I'm going to put this out there. You can give right back if you don't. You're going to win out. <laughs> <laughs> Not the line I was expecting. <laughs> what have you learned about this BYU basketball team through three exhibition games? Fun to watch the Cougars really compete in the first half. Man, shut down the Griffins uh, defensively the in the first 20 minutes. At Laser Sheep tweets in, Yoli Childs is on a path to prove Coach Cleveland right. Mm-hmm. High ceiling, has a chance to get exposure this season. I like the new offense. Hashtag BYUSN. Joining us in Studio B now, another member of the BYU basketball team. And again, I introduced him as a man who was cut. Those were the words of a few Twitter fans last night. Dalton Nixon, back from his mission and playing games in the Marriott Center once again. Dalton, nice to have you back What's on the up, show. Dalton? Hey, it's good to be back here, guys. Now, the last time you were in Studio B, you sent out a picture of you and the aforementioned Yoli Childs taking over the set now that this photo unsanctioned. is your Twitter header. Yeah. What's up with that, Dalton? Yeah, this is after hours. Uh, you know, the door was locked. They got through somehow. Yeah, what happened here? Yeah, so we, we, we had our jerseys on. We were doing our photo shoot just over here in one of the studios, and we walked past here, and uh, we were thinking the same thing. We both looked at each other. We were like, we got to get in there. We got to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> we got we to take a picture. We got to send this. Got to send this on Twitter to uh, to Jerem Spencer, everyone at BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Describe the magical nature of being in those chairs. It, it was a pretty special moment because I've always been in the guest chair. Yes. But it's a different different feeling when you're <laughs> in those chairs. Did you feel the pressure? Yeah, I felt the pressure a little bit. Yeah. 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 
It's not that hard. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you and Yoli look pretty good in those seats. Yeah. I'm a little worried now. How did Yoli fit under this table, this desk? And you. That's I think we I actually had to lower the chair. Significant yeah. lowering of the back. chair. Yeah. I always know when Brian or Jason host because the chair is like way yeah. up. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Let's lower this. And that's how Dalton feels when he sits in our chairs. Yeah, like, exactly. The chair's so what? high. What? what is this? Uh, it, was, it was great to have you guys back in the Merritt Center. We saw the Cougar tip off. He got the win in New Mexico. But what was it like to play somebody else in the Merritt Center last night for the first time off your mission? Yeah, it felt really good. Um, it's kind of a trip for me. You know, it's been two and a half years since I've um, played in the game. And so um, it, it felt really good to be back in the Marriott Center um, just to play a different group of guys because we've been going at it at practice every day. But it felt good to, to finally see some things come together on the court. Um, there were some really good things that we saw out of the game last night. And so we're really excited to continue to get better and move forward. How close to peak physical condition do you feel after the mission? Because that's always a thing for guys coming off the mission. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I feel really, really good. Um, it's been about six months since I've been home. And so I really just tried to focus on getting stronger in the off season and uh, put in a lot of hard work with Coach Shork, our new strength coach. And uh, I feel feel really good, feel, feel a lot better and uh, more athletic than I did my freshman year, for sure. Can you sure. beat your dad in an arm wrestle? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah? He, but he didn't have old man strength yet? Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it kicks in later, apparently. Yeah, yeah. let's keep him off Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. too, by the way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what's what's the best thing that happened uh, to the team last night? What did, what did you learn? What did you really like? Um, I think seeing our half-court execution, specifically in that first half with Yoli, um, was really good. Um, you it saw, was all right. yeah, <laughs> you saw you saw Yoli d- do some really good things, really close to the basket, and that's what we were trying to do is get the get him the ball in those positions. And um, I think our half court execution and and also our um, half court defense and, and our toughness is improving. If I say the word concepts, what comes to mind? <laughs> when I think of concepts, I think of uh, um, moving the ball side to side. Um, that's something that we were really trying to focus on. Is um, is being able to to have the the guard and the big, um, specifically you know pick and roll uh, and, and that sort of thing, um, but moving side to side and, and really just flying around on offense with a pace and looking to execute. One of Heath Schroyer's favorite words. Absolutely. How many plays are actually being called? Because it seems like you guys have a lot of sets within that set, um, and this is very different from what BYU's had the last few years. Yeah, um, what you saw last night wasn't wasn't too many actual play calls um but like you said um, these concepts is what we're trying to do and um just that's the style of play that we're, we're trying to to develop and getting mo- mostly just focusing on spacing getting in the right spots and then playing from there how much um or what would i have to do uh to convince you to ask heath on offense one time what's the, what concepts what do you what what are you talking about <laughs> he'd be like, what? No! If Dalton wants to forfeit all of his what's, time, he'll ask back. Look, look at the bench like, what? Heath, what's the concept? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that one time. For Don't sure. worry about it. Yeah. Dalton Nixon with us. BYU basketball sophomore. Hard to believe that you're only a sophomore. But, hey, that's good news for Dave Rose. In fact, there are no seniors on this team. And one freshman. And only one freshman. How do you feel about the makeup of this team in terms of experience? I think it feels really good. Um it's interesting for me because the only guys that I got to play with before the mission was Luke and Ryan, and so it's a completely, completely new team. But um, we're we're really familiar with each other, and especially over the summer, we developed some team chemistry that has really put us in a position now to start seeing some things come together, and that's been really cool for us to be able to to see our hard work and see us coming together at this point in the season. 
Speaking of coming together, not a lot is known right now about what's going to go down with Nick Emery in that situation. And he's gone through some personal struggles recently. How has the team rallied to try and be as helpful as possible with Nick during this time? Yeah, Nick. Nick's our guy. Um, I personally absolutely, I absolutely love Nick, and I've been able to play AAU basketball with him growing up. And uh, right now, we're really just trying to focus on on being together as a team. And Nick knows that we support him 100, percent and he's completely a part of this team, and he's a big a big part of this team too in in his contribution. And so, uh, we're just really trying to focus on working hard together, continuing to develop team chemistry, and letting Nick know that we're we're there for him. So your coaches are bringing in some NCAA officials to uh, practice today to kind of go over the new rule changes and how the pace of play goes and, and everything that goes into that. Uh, what do you think about the style of college basketball now? Because it has changed since you last played. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I don't think too many college basketball players um, have a two-year gap where they have to come back and like readjust. And so it is something that is new, uh, specifically like for me and Luke who just got back from our missions, um, but just still trying to learn, and it's early in the season, and um, just try, just trying to, like you said, learn the new rules and learn the new pace of play and then just make adjustments. What's the biggest change that you've noticed for you and Luke? Um, for me and Luke, uh, I, I, th- I think just um, offensively and, and defensively, um, just some of the rules with, like, the, the post positioning is different, and so that's what we're trying, that's what we're trying to figure out right now. So many off-the-ball whistles. I'm like, what? That's a foul now? What is that? Anyways, okay, let's end with this. Uh, toughest class right now. Toughest class. Um, I'm in an, an advertising class. That's pretty tough. Who's the teacher? Um, I, it, yeah, I'm spacing. Wow. <laughs> you want to keep it to yourself. I understand. <laughs> Is there anything you want to no, say? No, that's calculated. I can't remember well, the teacher's I, name because I, you're I not going to call them out and affect your it. grade. <laughs> you know what? It's actually my favorite class now. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you've learned some things from your roommates, Jashir Hardnett, Kajon Brown, and Peyton Dastrup. That sounds like that would be a wild, crazy time. The house of houses. Absolutely. It is. Uh, it's, it's so much fun <laughs> rooming with those guys. Man, it's a blast. <laughs> Dalton, great to have you back, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. And good luck in your advertising class with that one guy. Yeah, you can use the karma in your advertising class and for the game against Colorado College next Wednesday. Academic, athletic, all of it. Whatever, man. Aspiring BYU Sports Nation host, Dalton Nixon and Yoli Childs. Listen, if you're going to host, you can't forget people's names on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come on. Let's go. Where's the women's soccer team wrapping up the regular season this weekend? Plus, our elite tweet of the day. I wonder if it came from Kevin Nixon. (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. Last night it did, I'll tell you that. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Brian Billick, Ty Detmer, and Dalton Nixon. Huge show. If you missed any of it, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. We also discussed Yoli Childs and heard from him during his walk-off interview from our live coverage of the exhibition game last night. Four guests today, bro. Coming up tomorrow, Dennis Pitta and stuff. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Beat Westminster 76-62 last night in the Marriott Center in their second exhibition game of the season through two exhibition games. BYU shooting 51% from the field. Women's basketball. Play at home tonight in their exhibition game against the artists formerly known as Mesa State, Colorado Mesa University, the Mavericks in Provo at 9 p.m. Eastern. Shout out to Grand Junction, Colorado. 
football. Those Cougadores face Fresno State Saturday. Coverage begins at 9.30 Eastern with countdown to kickoff on BYU TV. Cougars looking for their second straight win. Volleyball. 10th ranked BYU hosting Pacific in the Smith Fieldhouse tonight. Wear pink to support breast cancer awareness. You can watch the game on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. Cougars and the PGA. Both Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair are in action today on the PGA Tour at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Summerhays is currently one under through the 10th hole and tied for 15th. Soccer. Women's team on the road this week for the final two games of the season. The Cougars will play at San Francisco in a rescheduled game due to air quality issues in the Bay Area a few weeks ago. Tonight at 10 Eastern. Tennis. Women's team is in California as well to compete in the Jack Kramer Invitational. The Cougars will be represented by junior Taylor Beckham and sophomores Kate Cusick and Katie Fitt, among others. Men's tennis sophomore Sean Hill lost to Timo Stodder of Tennessee 6-3, 6-1 in the first round of the singles in the ITA National Fall Championships in Indian Wells, California. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who has earned it? You know what? I've kind of gotten over it. Um, but I'm going to give it to a guy from Bingham, Yoli Childs. Wow. He's my favorite Binghamite. That's a step for you. Jim. It really is. It's a significant it took a whole step year. in your life. I like Yoli. I just don't like where he went to school. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about this BYU basketball team through three exhibition games? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Here we go, at Dan underscore Smith for BYU. Hi, Dan. Luke Worthington went from designated fowler to score thanks to his mission trip training <laughs> designated fowler like blaine what at melocopter our best players are yoli elijah and tj in that order wow if tj haas is the third best player on this byu team is that a good thing for the cougars i think that would be man that would mean significant steps up from elijah and we already know what yoli's bringing at Loyal to the Royal, I learned that we don't need the Lone Peak 3, just the Bingham 1. No, get away from that. No nicknames. No. And there are five players on the court. Please stay healthy, Yoli. At the Brentar 14, I've learned that I need to start worrying that Yoli might not be at BYU next year because he might go to the NBA. That's a hot take. That that's, is a that's very hot. hot take. Blue hot. Yeah. Let's calm it down a little bit. Our elite tweet of the day <laughs> from at Away Cougs. They have the ability and talent for a ticket on the tourney train. If motivation and stamina prevail, all aboard. Another wow. hot take, Jerem? Wow. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand, BYUSN.com. Hey, he said it. I didn't go there. It's true. I'm being calculated. Thank you. Thank like you. I was last year. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Ron Abeglin. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.